0: You're born in Australia, so you're you're so you um, have no. Actually, you,
1: I'll stop you right there before you continue. I okay. actually wasn't born in Australia. I'm going to make the story even more complicated. Oh goodness! I was, yeah. Um, I was born in Florence, Italy.
2: Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans.
0: Again, Karen, we love, 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 love Mane & Tail. Love them. Love them. So Maine & Tail been a big sponsor for ours, and we really appreciate it. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about the ProTech line, Karen.
2: Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. We have the Antimicrobial Medicated Shampoo.
0: Antimicrobial Medicated Shampoo. It's amazing stuff. pH balance formula. Um, it's effective on all types of skin problems. Mm-hmm. So you have that horse that has that rash or...
2: Fungal, anything
0: you know, fungal, anything, anything with anything to do with mold or fungi or viruses or bacteria or yeast. This is your shampoo, and
2: it's safe for skin injuries, for cuts and all that stuff.
0: You got it. So, so it's easy to use, just like a lot of shampoos, or mm-hmm. kind of like car wash,
2: kind of like put, car wash. Put yeah. this
0: stuff in a bucket, dilute it a little bit with some water, mm-hmm. sponge it on your horse, work it in.
2: Yep, leave it on there for about mm, a couple minutes, and then rinse off. Yep, good
0: stuff. So again, that's Mane and Tail's Protect antimicrobial medicated shampoo, Care. and uh, it's really good stuff. It's going to also condition your horse and everything like that. So this is that uh, for that horse that's uh, you know got those skin issues that you're the, you're always asking, hey, what can I put on this and what, how, how can I maintain mm-hmm. this? This is it, Mane and Tail Protect antimicrobial medicated shampoo. So thank you, Mane and Tail. Hey, Karen, we got another Apple Podcast review, five-star review.
2: I saw it is by Sarah, and she's from Canada. Canada. Yeah. She says, I love every single episode of this podcast. It never disappoints. Truly deserving of a five-star rating. As a young writer myself, I am super inspired by all the professionals that you interview and feel so lucky that I'm able to gain such great advice and information from them this way. Would love to hear Jesse Phoenix interviewed keep it up.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much for that. We are working on Jessica Phoenix. Um, can I see a Jessica Phoenix? Yeah. We right. have reached out. We're going to go ahead. And we're going to get there.
2: Yeah. We'll get her. It's
0: a scheduling thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So, but well, thank you so much for reaching out. The interesting thing is her mm-hmm. Canadian review does not show up on our Apple podcasts. So we got this through another, um, Podcast analytics thing. So hmm. for some reason, it doesn't show up on our US of A podcasts, but we still got it. So thank you so much again. Yes, thank, thank you. For you. We love our Canadian listeners. We love our Canadian writing friends. So thank you so much. And, and uh, we really appreciate you re- re- reaching out and leaving that five star with you, don't we, care?
2: Yes, we do. We love it.
0: Thank you. I'm Rob.
2: And I'm Karen. And Rob, on today's Major League Eventing Podcast. Yes, we, ma'am. We have a very special guest.
0: Super excited about yes. this
2: guest. Yeah, very excited. Uh, we have advanced rider Emma Klugman.
0: Hey, Emma. Yay. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, how are you guys?
0: We are super, super, and super happy that yeah. you're joining us. Thank you so much for, for coming on. We uh very big fans, Karen. Yes, we are. You know where we became big fans of Emma's? I know. I'm a, Go ahead. I'll give it. I'll give you a ding, ding, ding okay. if you're correct.
2: The Devon Arena Eventing.
0: Devon Arena Eventing. Emma?
1: Oh, wow. Very that impressive. Was <laughs> Did you
0: have fun doing it?
1: I had so much fun. You know, it, it kind of felt like go kart racing. <laughs> I, felt like I was a little phony. Yeah, but it was awesome. No dressage. Um, yeah. And kind of go as fast as you can. They gave you about 10 minutes to walk the course, so that was quite a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was it was really good fun, and um, actually one of the horses ended up doing quite well, and we won some money out of it. So it was great. We had a we had a really fun night.
0: Yeah, we were very impressed.
1: Yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And, it, needs, and it
0: only took us another year to start the podcast and get you on, but we you've been on the list the whole time. <laughs>
2: yeah, yes, you, you really have. You <laughs> Ab- have absolutely.
0: So hey, uh, oh, you know we sweet. we know that you're kind of all over the place. You're eventing and school and all this stuff. But where where are you at as you're uh, talking to us right now?
1: So I am actually in my Duke University dorm room. I live in uh, West Campus, which is the main campus here at Duke in Durham, North Carolina. Wow. Wow. In the dorm.
0: What year are you in?
1: <laughs> I'm a junior, a third year.
0: A junior, third year. Oh! Oh, you still got a whole, well, I guess you're winding down right now, right?
1: Yeah, the end is in sight.
0: It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> how far? So, if you're at Duke, how far away are the mm-hmm. horses?
1: So the horses are in a place called Hillsboro, which is about a twenty, little over twenty minute drive from here. So normally, what I do is uh, wake up fairly early, drive to the barn, um, ride a couple of horses. Usually, I have two down here at a time with me. Come back drink a bunch of coffee and head to class. <laughs> sometimes I change out of my britches. Sometimes I don't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I don't blame you for not changing. Maybe yeah, yeah, it's time to change here? <laughs> if it comes time to have a little bit of a nap or a little bit of a downtime, don't change.
1: I don't yeah, don't worry. change. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, it's been fairly manageable. Um, you know, North Carolina is a, not really a super horsey area, but it actually has a great climate. Um, it's easy to ride year-round. In the winter, it's not too cold, and there are places you know the Carolina Horse Park's only about two hours away, and mm. the fork or Tryon's a little over three hours so it's it's not too bad and um my home base is in Maryland, so that's about five hours north Sweet. but um yeah, it's worked out well and and Duke is a really fun place to be and gets a get a great great education here so that's yeah. that's a real plus. That
0: is
2: awesome yeah that is,
1: that is awesome. awesome
0: so before we get into the Maryland and all that stuff Karen
1: Annie
2: yeah um so Emma I know you listened to the show so you can can you uh, go back and tell us how you actually got your start in riding and then into eventing
1: absolutely so I have a little bit of an unconventional story um when I was seven years old my family moved to Nairobi Kenya oh. and
0: I loved their coffee
1: there was a <laughs> yeah, the coffee's good in Kenya. I think at that age I wasn't quite a, a coffee drinker like I am now, but um I may have started it. So down the down the street there was a there was a little stable and um my brother and I used to ride our bikes down there after school and <clears throat> there were probably twenty ponies or so in the stable and we used to take riding lessons and we got right into it. Uh, on the weekends we used to drive out a little bit further outside of Nairobi, which is the capital into um, kind of the tea and coffee plantations, actually, which is Mm. an absolutely beautiful um, landscape. And we used to go on hacks out there. We had a couple of friends who had horses and, and just really got hooked on it. Um, There was kind of technically there was pony club in Kenya, but it basically consisted of jumping your pony every day. Um, Mm. Mm. And, uh just having a lot of fun there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't much to do with the the american system of you know horse management and and cleaning tack all the time and that kind of thing it was just a little bit more rough and ready um and yeah i think i just developed a real love of the horses and was totally kind of caught on with the horse bug at that point um there were little events that we used to do there was a lot of show jumping um there was, you know, Pony Club Camp that we used to go to. And, yeah, my brother and I did it together, and it was it was really good fun. So after that, I guess I we were there for two years, and we moved back to the States, and we're living in D.C. And I was a very stubborn child, and I think basically said to my parents, if I don't have a pony, I'm just going to like throw a tantrum. (laughs) Um, I need to be able to ride because I loved riding. And so, you know, I was was still a little kid, but had um, pony for a while. I kind of started eventing because I thought, you know, cross country was really fun. We joined the local pony club and yeah, kind of went from there. I, I'm in Seneca Valley Pony Club still to this day. Oh, cool. I decided when I was a, a little kid that I wanted to get my A rating. And I've done that and, um, you know, have gotten right into the eventing. So, yeah, I have I have Kenya to thank for my, my horse bug. And um, my parents probably think, uh, you know, wish we'd never gone there. So <laughs> I would have picked a less expensive habit. But <laughs> yeah. there you go. You think
0: Kenya? You're not going to pick up an expensive habit in Kenya. Right, right. To pick up, you know, soccer or something like that, right? Oh, no. Distance running, maybe.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> you could have been a distance runner. You had to get into the horses. <laughs> what was your base like? Like, what was the uh, instruction like in Kenya? Did you come out of there with a pretty good base after two years, or were you kind of like a
1: little rednecky? <laughs> yeah, I think I've actually reflected on that a little bit because. The so the system there was very much modeled after kind of a British system. Like there were a lot of um, Brits who had been living in Kenya for a while, who you know had kids that they were teaching and such. Um, and it was very kind of let loose in the sense that once you could post the trot, like the next day you were learning to canter, and once you could canter, in the next week you're learning to jump, and so. It wasn't that it was really high pressure or anything like that, but it was, you know, you were really kind of encouraged to to kind of, you know, do as much as you could. And, and you know, the ponies we had were not, you know, well-trained push-button hunter ponies. They were, you know, kind of ponies that were accidentally bred in the field no. because <laughs> the stallion got out, right? Like, um, so we had some, some rather rogue uh, mounts to deal with, but... You know, we had great fun, and I think one thing I learned how to how to do there was just like kind of how to ride by the seat of my pants a little bit, <laughs> um, and you know, do it because it was fun. Be pretty gritty about it. You know, getting bucked off a lot. Um, we rode bareback a lot. I remember we would we would build cross country jumps out of who knows what, and then we'd come back, you know, a month later and they'd be totally destroyed by termites. Like it was oh just kind of, oh, of I a a have so many so many memories of um of different things we did. And and it wasn't as if the horse care was bad. You know, we learned how to take care of our our ponies. We, you know, I rem I remember they used to feed um they didn't have like a horse feed company there. So they would have we would actually get like the raw barley mm. and we would boil it and we would get the raw um uh, like flour and things like that, and we would mix it up with our hands and we would put warm water in it and we'd have these big, big five-gallon jugs of of really big, um, thick mol- molasses and we used to pour that in and then we would <clears throat> mix it all up with our hands and get all dirty and we would give it to our ponies. So, you know, we spend a lot of time doing, doing stuff on the horse care side, but it's just a bit different than, uh, than it is over here. And, and in a way, I think... Better because you were expected to kind of get your hands dirty and mm-hmm. and really do all of it and and also like you weren't um, you weren't ever babied right like you you went straight on into the woods out of the ring you weren't you know you weren't told to you know safety first all the time we don't want to <laughs> let you. Let you go out of the ring until you're really, you know, solid, you know, jumping and stuff. Mm-hmm. You would, you're know, God, as soon as you're kind of um, able to sit up straight in the saddle. You'd <laughs> go on a the hack. So, um, yeah, it, I think it was a great education looking back on it. It yeah. was really good for me to get quite confident from day one.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, it is. That sounds really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: You? I mean, not for me. <laughs> not for you. I <laughs> you know mean, I don't want to get my hands dirty. Huh? Oh, very geez. soft, very soft. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, wow. Wow, that is wild. Kind of sounds like when Dom Stram was on it. He said like he went to Great Britain for about a year, and mm-hmm. he said like they just basically, as soon as no one was looking, or they were at a at a sight of like the barn, they just started galloping. But sounds like uh, <laughs> it sounds like Kenny was good training for for for, for like the Devon Arena event. Yeah, oh, yeah kind of yeah. flying by to see your pants. <laughs> you think so?
1: Yeah. Yahoo yes to Devon. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good, that is, good book what's title? And you said you got your A, you got your A rating in Pony Club, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what what pony yep. is that? Capital Region Pony Club.
1: It is Capital Region. And what's the yep. Pony Club I'm name? Very let's a shout representing out. Representing that it's Seneca Valley. They're oh, Seneca. The Seneca Valley Horse Trials. Yep. Um, and they've been they've been around for ages. They're a big club, but yeah, yeah they've been great, really supportive. Um, I think, uh, as I said, you know, the the horse care and such was. Was good in Kenya, but there was so much I didn't know when I came here um, about basic horse care, like, you know, how to bandage, how to give a shot, um, how to actually clean tack properly. <laughs> um, you know, like fairly basic things that are actually really, really important for horse care, you know, how to worm a horse, how to feed them properly, what a conditioning schedule looks like. And I think these things are really invaluable in terms of the Pony Club education. I think that some people are not even aware of that you get out of it. Some people kind of think that um, it's not that big of a deal, but I credit almost all of my horsemanship skills to at least like the basic ones to Pony Club. Well, um, I just think it was really good education.
0: Like Max Corcoran is, is kind of um, really on a, her, her mission as she comes in to be the new president of the SEA. she's, She's talking about horseman management Mm -hmm. and horsemanship and all that stuff and, and, and how we need to kind of get more of that. Well, Pony Club is really Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all you need. (laughs) I mean, you know, you learn so much about that in Pony Club and and maybe that's, um, maybe that partnership needs to be strengthened a little bit between the eventing community and Pony Club again. Uh, and also the pony club has horse masters. So for the adults that maybe are l- learning late in life, you know, they can get in there. And now as an adult, you could be a horse master, right. which they- is just an adult pony clubber. Mm-hmm. Cool name for adult pony club. Yeah. And they can learn that stuff just like you're saying. <laughs> and it's, I mean, but it's true. It's, uh, you do, it's as big of a pain in the fanny it is mm-hmm. as it is. There is so much to learn. And, uh.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And it's
0: and it's just right there. So Seneca, Seneca puts on a really nice horse. Yeah,
2: show. they do. They do. I like it there. Yeah,
1: yeah, I love it. We're really lucky to be on that property as well. It's, yeah, uh, it's cool. Yeah.
0: If anyone's never been to Seneca, they do a nice job.
1: Yeah, they do. And the nice yeah.
0: shuttles running back. They and do, forth. do a nice job.
1: Excellent.
0: And excellent. And actually, bounty. they're
1: having a they're having a modified division there this year. They just have purchased a bunch of new jumps and are gearing up to to host their first modified division so if anyone is looking for a good june event in america area two to do that um i'd recommend it it's a it's a really wonderful event super inviting courses and and just really nice rolling hills and everything it's a it's a beautiful place to ride sure
0: we we were there last year one one of those the area two got rained out just crazy last year and uh I know. They they, they they shut it down like maybe two or three routers before Joe was about to go cross country. It was.
2: Yeah. Oof. Thank I, goodness though. I, yeah. It was nasty.
0: <laughs> I was worried about your property. Cause man, it sure did take a beating that day. My mm-hmm. goodness. Hopefully it's all back together. Yeah. A lot of, Oh man, that was rough, but I felt like, felt like uh, a, a, a UK eventing for a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it was pretty rough. That's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. So, so as you, so you kind of, let's, let's kind of fast forward a little bit to today. So, you decided you were going to go to college, Duke University, so a Maryland girl going to Duke. What are you studying in Duke?
1: I study public policy and also history. Wow. So? Yeah. So public policy wow. is kind of like a, a mixture of economics, political science. Um, it's fairly domestically focused, but, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. I really like it.
0: Okay. So how does now, okay, so how's the, like, currently you have two horses outside of Duke and then you said you have a home base in Maryland. Could you tell us a little bit about like your, your current, how Emma's operation works right now? Like what's your, you know, your decision to go to school while pursuing, I mean, you're still riding the upper levels. You were mm-hmm. just competing the other week. I mean, could you tell us a little bit about your, your current mm-hmm. operation and how you're juggling that with school and, and so forth? Absolutely. Yeah. So I
1: think, it was never really a question for me whether I would I would go to university. I was always kind of expected to do so by <clears throat> my parents. And I had kind of grown up thinking that I was going to do it. Um, just getting a university degree was was something that I was going to do. And I also was always kind of a nerd. And I loved academics. And I loved reading. And, and there were so many things that I was interested in. And I was really excited to go to college and explore. So I decided to do it, but I actually took a gap year before I, before I came to Duke and I did it by applying along with all of the other seniors in my, in my high school class. And then when I got accepted to various places, I chose where I wanted to go. um, And then I said, actually, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to be there in a year. So I deferred (laughs) for a year, which um, was, I think actually one of the best decisions I ever made. So I ended up working for a few months, uh, riding, picking up various jobs, um, kind of being a working student for a while. That was the year that I first went to Fair Hill, which was then the CCI Two Star. Um, and I was, I think, 16 or 17 then, so I was still kind of a kid um, learning about eventing, but it was actually really good for me to have that, that kind of alone or focused time, I guess, not in school, like really concentrating on, on the horses. And then I actually picked up and, and went traveling around the world and, and did some um, somewhat crazy things. I worked actually in Kenya for a safari company oh, wow. on horseback, um, <laughs> which was really wild, but also so fun. Um, you know, being chased by buffalo and, and riding up to lions and things like that. Oh, my um, gosh. I worked in, in Rwanda for, a, for an NGO. Um, I, I backpacked around New Zealand hitchhiking and such so i did a i did a lot of growing up over that year um and managed not to get killed or anything <laughs> so that was good um and then i came back and i was really really refreshed and ready to ride again and, and also ready to go to school and so i think my first semester i just took my my one horse who's kind of he was my horse from when i was 14 or so my pony club horse he's called Bendigo. Um, and uh, after one semester of, you know, doing quite well in school and still being able to ride, and proving to my parents that I, I wasn't totally in over my head, I convinced them to let me bring another one down. So I've had two with me, and I think probably two is about the limit or so for a, for a full time <laughs> student, at least for all the things that I do. Um, I probably could. To do three. I have three sort of main competition horses at the moment, but I kind of rotate them around. Um, and yeah, so I, I ride, you know, six days a week. I have a few students down here. They're mostly adult amateurs. Um, they're really wonderful people and I enjoy teaching them. And then when I'm home for the summer, I, I pick up and I ride a lot more, um, you know, many more horses a day. And I'm, I'm kind of working for people more kind of, I guess earning a little bit more money through writing rather than just spending it while I'm at school. <laughs> um and and yeah, that's sort of you know how it's gone and I've been really privileged to be able to continue studying and, and writing and juggling it together. Um and I, I really encourage people who are thinking about putting off school or just mixing it all together to to kind of think hard about, you know, what you wanna do and and also, even if you don't know what you want to do, just the fact that there's so much out there, like the world is a really big place. Um, the horse world is tiny and the eventing world is even tinier. And there's just so much to learn. And there's so many industries that you could be a part of. Um, it's possible to to ride a lot and ride at the upper levels. Like We even see amateurs doing that now really successfully. And they, they have jobs in other industries, so you don't necessarily have to follow the track of uh of just doing it full on and and that being the only thing. In fact I think that can be pretty uh scary. So in some ways it's really good to have other options. And if you're fortunate enough to have people supporting you that'll that'll help you get your education, um, then I think it's it's absolutely worth it. I'm so glad I've done it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. Jeez. Now why <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> And that one year was one busy, busy right, ass year. An
1: essay that I've been writing essays, <laughs> so I've, uh, I've developed my thesis now on on horses and, and school. Yeah.
0: Wow, that was incredible. I don't know where to start. Yeah. So when you're in school, how do you manage? Now, do, do you do you have a trainer while you're at school, or are you kind of your own coach now, or what's what do you, like? Who, or is it the same I'm, person? Well I'm
1: I'm a little know? bit on my own. So my my trainer of Several years, he's called Packy McGon. Um, everybody probably in Area 2 knows him because he has a booming voice and a <laughs> and a huge personality. Um, lives in Maryland. He actually lives on a farm like his farm is like right across a hill from me, so I can actually hack to him and I've been doing that for years. Um, so I I would always ride over there for lessons. So when I'm at school, um, I've ridden with a couple of people down here, like I've ridden with Bobby Costello and a few other people and and it's been nice to like have their help especially like cross country schooling or things mm-hmm. like that but it's kind of hard for me to like trailer places um like weekly or something while i'm in school just because I, I actually don't have more than like 4 hours at a time usually that i can be with the horses so driving to the barn and then hooking up the trailer and then driving from the barn somewhere else and then you know unloading the horses doing everything as you know it takes like a while mm-hmm. sure. so yeah. um it ends up usually just being me me on my own and it's been fine you know sometimes i over spring break or fall break i'll go home for like a week of boot camp with packy and he'll really kind of tune me up and tell me how crookedly i'm sitting and um you know <laughs> that i need to do this or that and and it's great he's uh he's we know each other really well now so he's good at setting me on track um but i think also you know the two horses I had down here for a while, they were sort of old partners of mine and I've had them for a while. So I was really comfortable training them. And um, the one horse Bendigo um, has been at the advanced level for a couple of years now. Um, And if you told me, you know, a while ago, like, you know, I was just going to go to college and compete at the advanced level, like on my own, I'd say that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I just trust that horse so much. Like, he does you know will do absolutely everything for me he can be a bit naughty sometimes and a bit kind of neurotic but <laughs> i just absolutely trust him with the world and i know him well so you know i can definitely feel if he's not up to something or whatever and um and i'm i'm comfortable kind of doing it on my own and in a way it's it's nice because it it makes me really stay on the straight and narrow with with my training and if if i go to a competition and something's not going well i can't go home and say to my coach, like, oh, you know, you didn't, you didn't train me properly because, because it's me that's, (laughs) that's training me. So, so it is like a lot of accountability for me every day. I'm, I'm focusing on myself. um, And there's a lot of stress with, you know, assignments for school and lots of stuff going on. And, and I still try to be quite serious about my training and go out each day. You know, sometimes I'll just go out and go for a hack and relax. But when I'm schooling, I'm, really trying to improve each day and make sure I'm doing my horses justice. Um because yeah, it's a it's a hard sport and there's so many little details you've got to master. So um you you've got to be on top of it. Wow.
0: And how old are you now, Emma? I'm
1: twenty one. Twenty one.
0: Okay. Holy smokes. Twenty one. Just a pup.
1: Yeah, just a baby. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> after, after
0: <laughs> killing it. Oh my goodness gracious. And then Packy's still so when you come home for a summer break, I'm assuming like you're just you're gonna be hacking over the hill to packies again all summer long. Is that kind of how it works?
1: <laughs> yeah, that usually is how it works. So, um I was a working student for him and also his mom for uh, several summers, I think all of the summers basically. I was in high school and after high school, um I actually I actually started working for Marilyn Little, who's up in Frederick, who's about twenty minute drive from me. Um, she's a friend of Packy's, So that actually worked out really well and she is unbelievably smart. Um, I cannot even begin to describe her teaching style. I mean, there's just something about the way she explains things and the way that she understands horses that is really unparalleled. Like I've never, I mean, Packy is amazing and has a really interesting and, um, thorough theoretical approach with his horses and his training and with his riders like he's brought you know oodles of riders from novice to to four star but there's something really intellectual about the way that Marilyn approaches horses and riding and training I think it probably comes a little bit from the show jumping to be honest because it's so precise um and I've learned a lot from her so over the summers I'm actually like a a rider for her. I'm not really a working student because I, I basically just ride horses. That's my my job when I'm there. And she has um, a whole big barn of show jumpers, which is which is really fun and and educational. And so usually when I'm at home, I'm riding with Packy a little. I'll bring my horses up to Maryland once or twice a week. She'll help me with them. Um, so I'm I'm usually pretty pretty busy. I'm riding a lot of horses a day. And and I I always say like, oh I'm I'm don't even have to be like at all thinking about um, being on a diet or whatever when I'm at home. (laughs) I'm just like sweating all day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I definitely uh, get fit when I'm there, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It kind of feels like a huge onslaught of education and knowledge. And then I, I kind of go back to school and it's a little bit of a drought, but um, you know, it's, it's what it is at the moment. I can't, I can't do everything at once. So Right. Yeah, that's been really wonderful.
0: So then, are you are are you on track to graduate at the end of next uh, next spring?
1: I'm actually graduating a semester early.
0: Oh, okay. So okay. winter yeah. next winter, and then what's the plan? Is mm-hmm. the plan to get a get a job, job, or to get into writing, do some more time in Kenya? What do what you? What? Is there some safari <laughs> know, right? that's calling your name? Safaris or?
1: in Kenya? <laughs> that's sounding really appealing at the moment. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to figure out my life. You know that is a is an exceptionally good question. I know that horses will certainly be in my life um because i've I've kind of jumped in the deep end and i'm I'm really enjoying it and I think I've got a great group of horses right now that I'm really excited about um, but I also have just gotten a degree from a really top institution, or hopefully I'll get it <laughs> um in six in six months before you know. Um, I have a feeling she's getting this degree.
0: I have a feeling there's no failing out now (laughs) from
1: Emma. And so you know, I want to use my education and and possibly continue to study um, uh, in in a different capacity. You know, get a graduate degree or or something like that, or a master's. And you know, I I just think there are so many opportunities out there, and there are also a lot of problems in the world. You know, you you can just ride horses and and kind of go about your day and and I think that's great and it's fine but in some ways I think sports can be quite a selfish endeavor because you're really just in your bubble and you're not you know worrying about other things like humanitarian crises and income inequality and you know there're just lots of different things out there and and it's not necessarily true that it's unethical or immoral not to not to um approach them or try to think of solutions. But, you know, I think this is probably the, the public policy degree coming out in me, but there are just lots of things that need solutions and a lot of smart people out there, you know, working on things and you can be part of part of the solution and um, you can also choose not to be. But, um, you know, I find that to be a really intellectually stimulating exercise and I, I think I want to have an impact on the world. So
2: That's I... Cool.
1: I'm going to try to do it. I don't know what exactly that will be yet, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to do something with my education.
0: Wow. And then, and then obviously try to keep riding along the way. Like, try are you going to try to keep riding mm-hmm. at the top level if that's possible?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's something like so satisfying about, um, competing and eventing, and that can be you know, that can be crossing the finish line on, on your training level horse, like it doesn't have to be at the top level. But there's something just really fun about going out, you know, every couple of weekends or every month or whatever, and giving it a go. And when it goes well, it just feels really good. Um, and it, you know, and to me, it, it is about the competition. And it's about trying to do really well. And I'm driven by that, you know, I'm driven by seeing people who are better than me and, and trying to trying to beat them, frankly, or, or, you know, trying to get as good as them, trying to emulate them. But I'm also someone who really just enjoys going to the barn every day and never feels like a chore to me. Um, always feels like something that I can just go and relax and do. Um, I love horses. I love, you know, going out into the paddock and and getting them, um, bringing them in, giving them a brush, saddling them up. Like, none of that stuff is um, is a pain to me. I really, I really enjoy doing it. So, I'm in it for the competitive side, but I'm also just in it because I love horses um, and I really want to continue doing that. So wherever it brings me and wherever my kind of horses want to go with it, I'm I'm on board. I'm game. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think it's really good fun. I haven't I haven't experienced uh, fear yet too much. So I think. While I'm young I should I should try to keep going at the top level. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. How many horses
0: do you compete now? You said you have like three main ones. How many total do you have? Yeah. That are yours.
1: Yeah, I've got I've got three kind of at the moment that I'm that I'm campaigning. I've got a fourth one that's that's actually leased out at the moment. Um, and then here and there I'll ride horses for other people. I mean and compete the horses for other people. Like when I'm at Maryland's during the summer, I'm riding like eight or 10 horses of hers as well, but I'm not, you know, they aren't my horses. So I'm, I'm riding for her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, same for Packy when I was riding for him. So, so generally I, I do have three and I think that's actually plenty. I don't know how like Boyd does like 10. Um, I haven't really, I don't even know. I can't even get like nine ride times straight. I don't know how you do 27. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I've got I've got a couple of uh, really exciting young ones coming up too. That I think now that I've like learned how to ride at the upper levels and and kind of understand the sport a little bit better, I'm I'm really hoping to produce those horses well and and kind of try not to make some of the mistakes that I made on my on my first horses. Which you know they say you've got to go through a few horses before you really you know can produce one properly. Um, and I'm looking forward to to doing a good job with those ones and and yeah, seeing where they go, it's an exciting thing to to produce them from the beginning.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man or oh, man.
2: Hmm. All right. So Emma, we are going to do quick fire questions. Quick
0: fire questions. Um, these are toughies.
2: So five questions. You can answer them as fast or slow as you want. Doesn't matter. Karen
0: <laughs> is killer with these questions. Yeah. Right. Emma, <laughs> Emma you've heard the show. <laughs> Hold on your seat. Okay, tighten up your
2: seat. <laughs> All right. So do you have any hobbies outside
1: of horses?
0: I'm guessing the answer is yes.
1: Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have other hobbies. Um, I used to play the piano quite seriously. Wow. Um, I also, as you can imagine, do a lot of homework because um, <laughs> I'm in school. But but I, I am, like, really interested um, – in kind of lots of different intellectual pursuits. So like I've always been a huge reader and writer. Um, So those are probably my other hobbies. I used to play a lot of sports actually in school. Um, Now I don't so much. (laughs) Um, What else do I do? Anything to do with water. I really like, I love to swim. I mean, not like competitively, but I just like enjoy swimming. I love, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dabbled in surfing for a little bit. You know, I'm oh, mm-hmm. actually originally Australian. Um, so whenever we would go to Australia, I would I would try to learn to surf. And actually, I'm not very good at that, so I wouldn't <laughs> call it a hobby. But. Are
0: you? Are you an Australian or are you American?
1: Uh, I'm an Australian citizen.
0: Wow! So when you yeah. so if you could yeah, be international. With...
1: over that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We missed that. Yeah, Karen. we missed that. Well,
0: we got gonna re- well, okay. Let's finish a quick fire. Let's finish the quick fire, and then we're gonna right, w- down. unpack the Australian thing. This Emma, this Emma is okay,
2: okay.
0: what is she a mystery wrapped in an enigma? Karen, how's that go? All
2: right, All right, Here We go back on track. Back on track. All right. Your favorite okay. event to compete at?
1: So I'd have to say Great Meadow in the Plains, Virginia. Okay. I I've only competed there once, which was last year. And it is a beautiful event. I mean, Virginia itself is an amazing state for eventing. um, But just everything about it was really fabulous. It was my first time being at a like Nations Cup competition. So that was also very cool to see how the teams worked and that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, loved it there.
0: Very cool.
2: Very cool. All right. If you're on a road trip, what's on the radio?
1: Oh, that's a good one um i should be saying your podcast right (laughs) Ah, that would that's the correct answer we'll stop
0: right there yeah (laughs) good answer moving on no i'm just kidding (laughs) go ahead go ahead
1: um uh i mean in terms of music actually i listen to a lot of classical music um but but in all seriousness seriousness on the podcast i actually do listen to a lot of podcasts on like a huge variety of topics so like you know, from like philosophy to law to tech to feminism to whatever eventing. Um, I do, yeah. I do do a lot of podcasts, and I spend a lot of time driving up and down the East Coast with my horse trailer. So, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, well, that's what I. I mean, I, I yeah. love listening to podcasts and listening to books. So I, I get you. I'm right there with you, Karen Annie. She's mm-hmm. in the hardcore rap.
2: Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's me, gangster, gangster. Watch out. to
0: be you should hear her spit some rhymes
2: <laughs> oh my gosh um where am i um if you could ride any horse past present or fiction who would it be
1: i think i've never seen this horse but i've seen it in a lot of videos um i would probably want to ride mark todd's little horse called charisma Ooh. possibly because, uh, yeah possibly because like I, I just think that's a great name for a horse, but every video I've seen of it just looks like such a scrappy little, I think it was a mare, wasn't it? Or maybe it wasn't a mare, but it, it just looks like quite a character. And, and, you know, obviously I'm not as tall as Mark Todd or anything. So um, I would fit the horse a little bit yeah, better. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it looked like a, a real fighter, which is something I love in a horse. Yeah.
2: Legend yeah. horse. Yeah. Very cool. legend. Yeah. All right. Any good luck or superstitions before an event?
1: Um, I actually have some Duke socks that I wear now on cross country day. It hasn't been a very long tradition because I haven't been a, been a blue devil for, for that long, but I think at one event um, I wore them and, and it was, it was a really hard event and I did quite well and, and the horse went really well and I said, Oh, maybe I should wear these socks more often. So now, yeah, I wear my, my like Duke blue box. That's sort of I think that's about the only thing I do. Um, try to have a good night's sleep. Uh eat a good breakfast.
0: <laughs> very sensible stuff. <laughs> yeah. Emma's very sensible. My, my my superstition is to get a good night's sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure
0: you're twenty one.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. So. so funny.
0: so funny. What do you think, Karen? Did she pass?
2: I think she passed. She's flying colors, yeah, especially with listening to us. On yes, yeah, we
0: definitely yeah. listen in our yeah. podcast. Bonus points, <laughs> top marks for Emma. She's on on a roll as far as we can, we're concerned. So back to the Australia thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're born in Australia, so you're you're so you have, have no. Actually, you, I'll
1: stop you right there before you continue. I actually okay. wasn't born in Australia. I'm going to make the story even more complicated. Oh goodness, I was. Yeah, um, I was born in Florence, Italy, um, <laughs> because my mom was working there um, and actually only lived there for like six months. So my parents are both Australian um, and uh, yeah, they grew up there and, and everything. So I became an Australian because basically my parents were Australian. And then when I was very little, lived there in the capital, which was called Canberra Um and then moved to the States, um, I don't know how old I was, maybe like, I may have even been like one or two, like I was really little, I don't really remember it, to be honest. And then have lived basically in America for my whole life, except for Kenya, um, and like, yeah, just kind of various things. So um, technically Australian, Australian citizen, green card holder, permanent resident, Um hopefully won't be deported or anything like that. Nah, you're um, good. <laughs> no, <wait,
0: now, laughs> technically, yeah, could you, for sure, yeah. when you're born in Florence, are you, are, do you start off Italian and then had to become naturalized Australian or how did that work?
1: Um, they don't, they don't have birthright citizenship in, oh. in Italy. Okay, Yeah. But actually my, my grandfather was Italian. Um, he, he, he immigrated to Australia on a boat during the war. Um, so that's a whole another story. But I think long story short, I could get Italian citizenship if I tried. So you could be like um, an Italian but, eventing
0: yeah. Olympian or something like that.
1: That that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would have huh. to like learn Italian cause I don't know how to speak it, but anyway, that's my
0: I don't think there's Olympic people care where, you know, I think there's some, there's some shenanigans with citizenship. But, well, Karen, you went to school with a girl and she was like trying to be an ice skater for some other country. Yeah.
2: Right? Some, I oh, prog- really? Yeah. Like I Greece
0: forget- or something. I don't know what
1: she yeah, was. It
2: wasn't Greece. I forget what it was, but it was a country that really wasn't known for ice skating. And, uh, to, yeah,
1: so it was easy to get on the team or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She was yeah. Trying
1: to
0: slide on in. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just throw it out there. Emma might be an Italian (laughs) eventer one day on the Pan Ams or Olympics or something. Never know. Just saying. Never know. know. (laughs) That's funny. So she's Australian. How about that? Very, Hmm. very cool. Mm
2: -hmm. Australian born in Italy, living in Mm -hmm. the U.S. And
0: learned how to ride in Kenya.
2: And learned how to ride in Kenya.
0: I mean, it all makes sense. You connect the dots. It's very (laughs)
2: <laughs> very sounds easy. super rational, right? Yeah, right, yeah, totally rational. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny stuff. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So it worked out. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> So Emma, do you have any advice for a uh, a young rider trying to make it in sport or even an an adult amateur?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um I think the first thing I would say, especially if you're trying to improve your riding, just try to ride as many horses as you can. Like don't turn down a horse. Um, if you want to succeed at some point, you're probably going to be having to ride horses that are not the best jumpers or are not the best on the flat or, you know, have quirks and such. And if you've ridden horses for other people, just picked up any type of horse that you can, you'll, you'll be much more adaptable. I think, you know, sometimes you see riders who are doing quite well on, on one particular type of horse, you know, maybe it's like kind of a slower moving, warm blood horse or like a lazier horse, but if they've never ridden a hot horse, then they won't necessarily know how to do that or or even the opposite, right? So mm-hmm. I remember being a kid and, and I just loved riding. So like if someone said like, oh, would you ride this horse or like even hinted, I'd be like, yes, 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 I'd be the first one to to raise my hand you know tall horses short horses hot horses lazy horses whatever all breeds um you've got to you've got to learn how to develop feel um and i'm saying this as someone who's still learning um i think we're all still learning but but i'm i'm still a young rider and um i'm trying to get better and i think once people know that you're able to ride different types of horses that'll actually open more doors for you so if you're if you're known as someone who just like can ride a particular type of horse then probably no one will offer you you know another type of horse but if you're really willing to ride whatever and you're getting better at it then you'll be known you know among your kind of barn or your circle of people or whatever or your pony club whatever you're in that you can handle things and um and it'll get better so it's kind of a self-reinforcing wheel and i guess also on that note or on the similar vein I think people have to try to kind of stick their neck out there and and get as many opportunities as like as they can um, I I wouldn't say I'm the most kind of like outgoing person I'm a little bit shy um, so I remember it was after Kentucky one year and my mom being the advocate for me that she is um sent Marilyn Little an email and said I've got a you know I've got a young rider, um, and she really admires you. Um, and what, well, you know, we heard from Becky that you don't live very far away. Would you, would you, you know, take her on or let her ride or give her some lessons or whatever? I don't even know like, exactly what she said. And, and I remember my mom told me that she sent that email, like after she sent it. And I was so embarrassed. I said, oh no, you shouldn't have sent the email. She's going to think I'm like, you know, just like asking for something that I don't deserve. And Marilyn called me like the next day and said, so when do you want to start? Mm.
2: Um,
1: and like I think that taught me something about asking will never hurt you, right? Like I mean, she could have said no. She could have been like, Oh, well, I don't want someone that's young or, you know, we need someone who's experienced more in show jumping. But mm-hmm. she took me on and I didn't know that much about show jumping. You know, certainly I was keen and I was willing to ride whatever, you know, hunters, jumpers, um, event horses. I was, you know, willing to do as many trot sets as she wanted. But um, I think just like trying to get your foot in the door and then not being scared to ask for opportunities. Also not being silly about, about that. Like if someone offers you an opportunity, you better really take it and put your heart into it, you know, not be late, um, you know, do everything that you can at the barn, try to try to ride the horses as well as you can try to soak up the information, try to be a really good student also of the sport, you know, study people. Um, Listen to advice, um, when things aren't going as well, maybe maybe think about why they aren't going as well, so yeah, there are just so many things to learn, but I think being brave about opportunities is a is a big one just just asking people and I think in eventing in particular, but in, in other sports too, like people are more generous than you'd think. Um, people will give you a hand, and uh, you know everyone was a young rider once, so yeah. um, they remember they remember what it was like. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good advice. Excellent advice. Mm-hmm.
0: Lots of good stuff right there. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to ask. Be a hard worker. Be mm-hmm. on time. All good stuff. Excellent, excellent stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> so, so now, uh, as we kind of wind start, start winding things down, we always try to, you know, find out about if you have any sponsors or anything like that or any supporters that are behind you guys that, um, you know, that you would like to shout out and recognize as people that help you, help you along the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got a great group of sponsors. Um, My um, wonderful saddle sponsors is Haselo Competition Saddles USA or HCS USA, they're called. Um, And they're incredible company because they not only carry their own saddles, but they also carry Fairfax saddles. They carry pro light boots. um, They make pretty uh, remarkable bridle work and breastplates and sorts of things. And they're the kind of owner of the company, Annette Gavin, is also a master saddler. So they they have the whole deal. Like they have the, the best saddles on the market, but they also have someone who's one of the best saddle fitters in the country. And, and um, they've been incredible to work with, not only, you know, having really quality stuff, but also educating me about what it really means for a saddle to fit and how my horse's backs are changing and just being really aware of. Of little changes in how the equipment affects them, so um, I really recommend them. They're wonderful people and and uh, and have great equipment. Um, I recently come on with Shires Equestrian. Most people probably know Shires because of their blankets, um, but they're actually a a really big company, and they carry lots of different things from tack to clothes to you know grooming equipment that kind of thing. Um, I mostly use their saddle pads and um, their line of Arma boots, which are great. Um, And I've actually got a really interesting sponsor um, who are great, kind of a a younger company, a startup called Pin Band. And uh, the woman is basically working with Amish leather workers to um, create these beautiful leather bracelets and also brow bands and things like that, doing great leather work. And the bracelets are awesome because they—you can order a little metal slide ID that you can put your medical information on, okay. and you don't have to wear an armband. Um, so literally, that is the biggest win ever because most event writers know that armbands are a real pain. <laughs> yeah. um, and these are actually really stylish bracelets. They're nice, and they have a little um, uh, place to put a pin on the front of them, so you can like put a nice whatever you want, like an Irish clover or I actually have one that has like an American and an Australian flag kind of showing my uh my dual, you know, nationality or whatever. Um, you can put all sorts of things, little horsey um pins. So those are beautiful. Um cool. and I also recently became a flare ambassador. So I think most adventurers are probably familiar with the the flare strips, but um those are great and yeah. you know, we, we do everything we can to to make our horses jobs easier and make them, you know, more easily able to breathe and that kind of stuff. They're, they're really a uh, great products. So, and, and so much science behind them. I mean, it's really incredible the testing that they've done. Um, so I'd encourage everybody to use those if, if they're not already. For sure.
0: That's
2: awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, the breeze pin band right now. They're really neat. I've never seen that before.
1: Yeah. It's a cool idea. Um, and yeah, like I wear it, I wear it all the time. Like I work to class and stuff too. (laughs) Um, So it's useful if I like pass out in class, I can, you know, (laughs) that's funny.
0: Well, you know, it's, that's one reason why we ask people about sponsors because we find out about these cool sponsors that maybe, you know, these products like this that are problem solvers that maybe someone's not aware of. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. hopefully uh, some people, Check them out; they're really, really cool. So, yeah,
1: that's yeah. Awesome. I think people are coming up with new ideas all the time, so it's it's cool it. to um yeah see all the different products out there.
0: That's awesome! Awesome. Me and Karen, this is awesome,
1: isn't
2: yeah, it? Yeah, it sure
0: is. Yeah. So, Emma, as we wind down the 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 interview, which we which oh, my head's spinning, Karen. This was amazing. This was amazing. <laughs> was, uh, you know, you've lived like a life, like. A, not like a 21-year-old. No, that's not sure. at all. That's amazing. Um, the last question we always try to ask is, is you know, how do people follow along or how do people get in contact, you know, social media, websites, anything like that that you have going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just have like a, a regular Facebook page. It's Emma Klugman. Um, I, I spell my name E-M-A, uh, which is a little different than, than most Emmas. Uh, so I should be fairly easy to find there. And my Instagram is Emma And yeah, that's so how you can find me. Um, feel free to to ask me about anything or um got horses you need me to ride, <laughs> that's fine too. I was just talking about how it's good to ride all different sorts of horses. So um, you know, I'm always I'm always kind of taking on probably a little bit more than I than I should, but um I love I love doing it full on. So um don't forget yeah. public
0: policy questions anyone got any public policy questions shoot them shoot them over here to Emma
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep history uh, writing a bunch of papers right now I can tell you about you know the Rwandan genocide I can tell you about uh journalism um I can tell you about uh what else am I writing papers on to tell you all about my senior thesis oh my god uh, <laughs> I can tell you about statistics one hundred and one, which is a real pain. You probably don't want to hear about no, that. Yeah, not me. Yeah. Oh my
0: goodness, my head's spinning just hearing the words.
1: Karen. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend that class if, if any uh, people are heading to college now. You might want to avoid statistics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, my stats professor isn't uh, isn't listening to. No. I guess we probably won't be You know, this, you know, uh, this show is
0: uh, very yeah. popular with the statisticians camp, Yeah,
1: so. it, it is <laughs>
0: You might be in trouble there Sorry, you sorry, Professor he
1: could, he could, like, have a daughter who's an inventor and, no. uh, and then that would really yeah. be, <laughs> be You never know okay. Oh, yeah.
0: man it's so much fun This is fun
2: uh, Yeah <laughs>
0: Emma, you are really something special, girl I hope that uh, I, I mean, there's definitely no doubt, Karen, that Emma's going to do some special stuff mm-hmm. in this she, world Yep Sure is. We'll see her on the Australian or the or the Italian Olympic team eventually. <laughs> or maybe the American team. I don't know. But I guess it looks like your options are wide open. So oh, uh, Emma, this is a real treat. We've really appreciate and thank you for carving out time as you're getting ready to wind down this semester. I mean, I'm sure it's finals and th- theses and all this good stuff, so uh, I'm sure it's, oh well thank
1: sure for dis- helping me procrastinate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. oh. uh, thank you very much really, I've enjoyed it so much thank you and uh, I, uh, yeah I really appreciate your your time as well it's a great show
2: Thanks for listening We hope you enjoyed today's podcast you can leave us a review on Apple iTunes or visit us at major Cheers.